Hier in Zetsel word aan jou gebring die Radio Kaapse Kansel op 729 AM. Bezoek ons gerust by www.kaapsekansel.co.za Into me see A place where we learn about deep connection With yourself, those close to you And, and with, with God. God Our program Into me see Uncovers intimacy as an act of seeing into me and the crucial role it plays in healthy relationships. Thank you for joining us. In this program, we'll explore what intimacy means and how to work towards it. And by the way, sex is only a part of intimacy. You're right. There's so much more to intimacy than just sex. That's what we've been learning from our challenges over the last 38 years. I'm Frederick Wools. And I'm Suki Wools. Both of us are licensed counsellors and we're looking forward to embark with you on a journey towards greater intimacy. We'll continue to explore what intimacy means and look at the crucial role that it plays for the development of healthy, authentic and lasting relationships. Yes, especially in these times when there are multiple distractions such as phones and social media that all rob us from intimate relationships with God, other human beings, and with ourselves. Yes, Rick, you can say that again. That is so true. Today is the last program of the month, and it's time for listeners' questions. I'm mm. really looking forward to that. Absolutely. Thank you, listeners, for taking the courage uh, to send you us your questions. Um, very often, uh, it takes a lot of courage just to tune in and then to send your questions. Uh, we have received many questions and very relevant questions, so please don't stop. We will unfortunately probably not answer all the questions that we have received, but we have chosen some that we think are very relevant. Thank you very much again, listeners, for your questions. And Frederick, we can also remind listeners that some of the questions will become programs because some of it we will answer then at the last program like we're going to do today. But some of those questions actually warrant a whole program because we can talk about it for a long time. So it's very relevant to us to hear what are you wondering about as we talk about these things. So keep going with those questions. Absolutely. And I think at this time we can also give them the address to send your questions to. That's something we need to continue to repeat from now on. It is Frederick Suki. You spell Frederick without a C. It's F-R-E-D-E-R-I-K. Suki, one word, S-O-E-K-I-E. Frederick Suki at kpulpit.co.za. It will also be uh, on the website if you've missed it. And you can go there to make sure um, so that you can send your questions to us. So, if we look back at this month, we've done four programs because in September we have five days, um, five opportunities to do a program. So, the first program, just to give a little bit of an overview of what it used to be, of what we've been speaking about before we're getting into the questions. Program one, we spoke about intimacy, what it means to have intimacy with ourselves, God and others, especially to those close to us. Yes, and program two, uh, we shared our story, uh, very vulnerable, of our journey from disconnect towards greater intimacy and how we used, I used explicit material and had become a great 
challenge in our marriage. We uncover how some of our childhood wounds led to hidden beliefs that contribute towards our adult thoughts, feelings, communication and behavior patterns today. Yes, I remember from that program and it's it's hard to imagine that stuff that we had learned that that had happened to us that had led to certain wounds programmed us even till today. And many of the things we struggled with even when we were in our 50s and 60s and we never even realized that we were programmed to believe certain things that we didn't even know we believed. So that's a very important part of program two. And then program three, we spoke about the importance of a recovery journey that leads us back to intimacy, restoration, and wholeness in Christ. Uh, yes, and then we had an opportunity to speak with Jonathan Doherty from Be Broken Ministries in Texas, USA. And he visited us and looked at the role of counselors, uh, counseling in recovery, and uh, in our restoration journey from brokenness and distrust towards wholeness in Christ. And what role intimacy plays in that process? Yes, so Jonathan wasn't here in the studio. That would have been nice, but it's a bit far to come all the way from Texas. So we had the privilege to speak to him on the phone because of modern technology. We can talk to these people easily now, even when they're far away. And program four, we continue to talk to Jonathan. And there he gave us specific pointers of how couples and singles can develop intimacy after betrayal and trust that had been broken. So if you've missed any of these programs, they will be available on podcasts. And so you can just go into the website and you can download any of these programs or listen to them if you've missed them. And uh, you can go back to go into the detail. So today we're just going to cover some of the questions that we had that were based on those programs. Mm. So some of the valuable questions that we thought we had to have a look at is, for example, one, what does intimacy with self, God and others mean? Yeah, Frederick, that's a hard one. Mm. I know it's not easy for people to, because the concept, just talking about intimacy with self, that sounds strange, right? So, but I think something that, that we have learned in our journey is if we don't know what thoughts and feelings we have, if I don't know what feelings and thoughts I have, I cannot communicate it with someone else. And I think that's often, and you can comment on that more, that's often something that men struggle with. And I guess it's often maybe because we have grown up in the generation where they said children are seen and not heard, but moreover men, boys struggle with that. Uh, absolutely, yes. And, um, you know, intimacy, of course, we're not only talking about sexual intimacy because I think that is often what comes into people's minds if we talk about intimacy is that it's sexual. But the intimacy we are talking about is allowing people and others to see into me. And um, that was a big struggle for me. So if I don't know what's happening in my own heart and in my own thoughts, it's very difficult to have intimacy with myself. In other words, I couldn't express my feelings because I couldn't feel them. So if I don't know what is happening in my heart, how can I express that to God? Because that is what God wants. He wants an intimate relationship with us. It's not as if he doesn't know us, 
but he wants us to open up to him. Right, and I'm so glad that you're saying that because you've just now built a bridge between intimacy with self and intimacy with God. So how can we really relate deeply to God if we always say we need to have an intimate relationship with Jesus? And I've always, I've always thought about this. What does it really mean? It's easy to say we need to have an intimate relationship with Jesus, but it's not even easy to have an intimate relationship with anyone, never mind Jesus, because you don't see him. You don't feel him. And, you know, to connect with him is not easy, but it starts off in our own hearts. Mm. Like I think in the first program, we spoke in detail about about David and some of the Psalms. But, but he was connecting with God on a deep level because he knew what struggles he had. And he connected with those struggles. He connected deeply with his own doubts and his own outcries and pleas for help and when he got angry, he spoke to God. He took all those things to God. Mm. And from that, that's where the laments came in. From that, he could eventually connect with him and experience God's peace after he connected with him. And so that's part of the intimacy with God. Yes, and um, if we don't know ourselves and we don't have that intimacy and we are able to share that with God, how can we share that with other people? and to allow other people to see into us, because that is where the intimacy starts growing, so that I can share what is happening in my heart and thoughts and, uh, and my feelings with a safe person that can listen and not judge me and not take offense or criticize me, but listen. Oh, that was great. You said it so well. Um, to connect with a safe person, and that's part of the struggle, right? Mm. Because often as partners, we don't even know how to be safe for each other. We react, and that's why we're doing this program, because why do we react? We often react with our feelings and our thoughts that flow from our distorted beliefs, and then it doesn't help us to connect with each other, but that actually drives us away from one another instead of deeply connecting with one another. So um, that is a very important part. You also said, you said, Frederick, you just said now to connect. Um, sorry, I need to just go back to that now. You said to con connect deeply with others, you need to, a safe person. And what else did you say? We need a safe person that doesn't judge us. Exactly. Doesn't condemn us, mm. but that draws us in and accepts us okay. and loves us anyway so that there isn't a fear of being rejected. Yeah. That was one of my main fears, why I was not able to have intimacy with God, with myself, or with other people, because of the fear that I had of rejection. Right, and it's so deep. Often we don't even know that it's there. Mm. It's deep within us, and it's, we wouldn't even say it out loud because it doesn't sound really nice if you say, I'm scared you're going to reject me. But it's one of the beliefs that we have, and that's what influences our communication. Another thing that I just want to add to that is also gossip, mm. and that's part of the judgment you know, that often we can, that, that is when you don't connect with a safe person. Um, someone that is going to tell other people about your deep feelings and your struggles is not a safe person. Mm -hmm. And so that is also very important when it comes to sharing. So we, we can see here that we cannot be deep. Uh, we cannot be intimate with everybody. We need to make sure, and I think, Frederick, we need to do a whole program just at what does it mean to be a safe person for mm -hmm. each other? 
that can help us to connect deeper with each other. Yes, and I just think how important that safe person is. And so in our relationship, for example, our intimacy grew in leaps and bounds when we started being safer with each other, mm -hmm. where um, I didn't react by withdrawing and you didn't do what? I didn't react by controlling. And pursuing. Mm -hmm. And um, so when we started becoming safe for each other and reflecting back to each other what we were busy hearing and experiencing. And in that way, our partner hears us and they feel that they have been heard when we reflect back to them. This has been a very interesting introduction to the first question. Um, we're going to be taking a short break and after the break, we'll come back with the next question. Yes, this was a lot to digest. Wow, that was great and very welcome back. And um, so the, uh, the next question I thought was very relevant um, because at the beginning when my addiction was revealed, um, I was wondering how is it that my wife, dear Suki, knows that I had a problem or sensed that I had a problem. So the question is, how could I know that my partner is addicted to pornography? Suki, why, what did you experience um, when we had that problem? I think the main thing is that you were really not connecting with me. Mm. It really felt like you were far away and I struggled to get to you, even though you were with me. It, it didn't feel that like you were with me and it was hard to get in into you it was always like and when i asked questions you seldom answered those questions especially if it's deep personal questions you always avoided you often avoided the questions and then also something what that wasn't so true at that time because it was for before um, phones became so in, but but later on in the process we had phones and you were on your phone all the time, um, busy doing something or on your computer. And if I would get there, you would suddenly go to an, something else. It was, you know, you would quickly move away from where you were on the computer and you went to something else and even your phone. And if I say, so what are you doing? It's almost like you got a fright or, or maybe you didn't get a fright, but you quickly went to something else on your phone. Mm -hmm. So I think those things caused me to wonder what is happening here and I think that's something that I want to say to the ladies or not always the ladies because sometimes pornography is also the other way around but to say to partners you know that something is not right but you're not quite sure what it is and the, the difficulty with this is when you answer you ask that person there's so much denial right mm. why maybe you can say a little bit about why uh, absolutely. And um, I, I think what when I think back, there was also a lot of obsessive thinking, uh, not necessarily always about sexuality, but my mind was somewhere else. And that, us, I think, is what you were experiencing. I wasn't with you. My mind was somewhere else, mm. building a car or doing something else, but not with you. Mm. Um, so I think that has also been one of the main problems. Yeah, listeners could maybe go back to program three of this month. Um, every week we have one program, so that would be the third week of September, because there Jonathan Daughtry spoke a lot of detail about this question. We're just summing, summarizing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the next question is, so if 
he or she eventually admits that there is a problem. How do I handle that? Sure. Yeah, I think um, that's where the difficult part for me is because um, I didn't really, I, I, I sensed I had a problem and I tried very hard to get rid of the problem. But I think perhaps the question here is also at which point or what must be done for the partner to seek help? Uh, because I tried to help myself a lot and I prayed a lot, but it didn't help and it didn't help our relationship. So um, just recap, Suki, what you did to get me to the point where I could go reach out for help. I think I remember that I was reading about it when I realized you know, because I'm the reader in the relationship, I always read many things. And I saw um, online on many websites, I went into some Christian website and tried to get some help. And I realized there was a place where you can do online a test to see whether someone is addicted or not. And I wanted you to take that test. And that's what you did. Mm, and what a shock did I receive when the, uh, I said, no problem, I can do this test. I'm not addicted to, uh, to sexuality. And I did the test and lo and behold, even though it was low on the scale, I was a sex addict. And what a blow to my ego, to my character, to my values, to realize that I actually had addiction. And that is when we started trying to change it. Yes, imagine, because that time we were missionaries, <laughs> that made it so much more difficult, and we loved Jesus to imagine. But but that we spoke about as well in one of the programs in more depth. I think it was also program three mm. when we spoke to Jen Jonathan about that. Yeah, Suki, that is very interesting. A lady may know now that her husband has a problem with pornography or some other area of sexuality. So what must a lady do? Um, and what must you look for and expect from her partner or his partner? Mm. Um, I think it's so important to know you cannot do this thing alone. Mm. That's the main thing. I, I remember how long we tried on our own to try and pray this away. And um, I mean, not, we need to pray. That's the first thing. But it cannot just stay there. Um, the man or the, part, the, per, the person with a problem, whether it's a man or a woman, needs to get into safe community with other persons or other people with a similar problem. And that often we can get in support groups. And there are many um, online support groups that you can get for free, 12-step groups, maybe one program we can talk specifically just about this. Mm. Unfortunately, many of them are not Christian-based, but um, there's still definitely a lot of help that we personally, you got and I got from 12-step groups. There's definitely a place for that where people can speak freely and we can, be, we can be safe about the problem. And we can learn from others who have been walking that journey. And the 12-step program, in, in principle, is actually deeply spiritual because it's all about um, trusting God, they don't always call it God, but trusting God and asking for his will on how to continue with this problem is to admit that I cannot do it myself. And I think that is the great part about it. And of course, counseling also. And what type of counselor would you suggest that they go to? Very important to go to someone who knows about porn addiction or sexual addiction. All counselors don't specialize in it. It's a very specific field. And if we don't go to the right person, 
um, especially just well-meaning people, they would just say, just forgive your partner and continue. And they don't realize that it's a compulsive thing that that person cannot stop. And by forgiving, of course, we need to forgive. Forgiving plays a very important role in this. But how hard it is, we need to put down boundaries. And there are certain things that need to happen. And often by the time people come to us, to you and me, after they've been through um, a lot of other help that did not help because people didn't know exactly how to how to handle this. So mm. it's really important. And uh, say, for example, somebody doesn't have access to a counselor or to a group, but they have such a deep desire to share this. And so that brings us to the next question is that betrayed partners often find themselves isolated and alone in their struggle because they are afraid that they share their sharing uh, will become a, a fuel for gossip. What advice would you give to a betrayed partner? Oh, Frederick, that is such an important question. I remember in China when, when your addiction became a, a big problem, it was very difficult for me to find someone that I could trust. And it, I mean, there's a lot of shame about this because mm. how do you say to someone that your husband is a Christian and who loves Jesus is struggling with pornography? And there's something in us as women, you know, maybe the other part, sex as well. We want to protect our partners. And this actually exposes our partners. And that makes it very, very hard. But I would really advise people to try and find one person and test them. Don't immediately share everything. Feel, feel it. Just share a little bit and see how they respond. Um, don't come out with the whole thing because people might judge you because that's often what happens. And um, especially your friends, sometimes they get so angry. They say, leave him. You know, that's adultery. Leave it. So they're not, they're not helping you. Mm. But try and find an and ask that Father will provide one safe person at least for you. And then start looking online for groups. There are groups. Uh, there are currently a lot of groups overseas, and it's very expensive, unfortunately, if you join them. But um, more and more groups can be generated also in South Africa where ladies can just get together and in a safe way to be there for each other. And I'm also willing to start a group like that, even on Facebook or so, because mm. there's such a need for that. I think what is very important is that in the established groups, the emphasis is on confidentiality and anonymity. Absolutely. And, uh, Crucial. And, and that is where a person can feel safe and that your stories will not be gossiped. And there are also 12-step groups for women like us or partners of addicts. And you can look that up on the internet. Um, that those kind of groups helped me a lot before I could find other people that could walk the road with me. Mm. Oh, that uh, answers some of our, our next question, which is uh, where would a person go to first for advice and guidance when one of them is trapped in a porn addiction? That's so hard, Frederick, because so often I think we would go to our pastor because he's the person, you know, that we go to when we have a problem. And sometimes they are educated about these matters. But so often, just because that's not their field of speciality, you know, pastors cannot know everything. There are so many issues and struggles. And uh, so sometimes it's helpful, but sometimes it's not helpful because um some people would say, yeah, but you need to obey your husband. And if 
if you maybe um, behave differently in in the bedroom, this problem will change. But unfortunately, this is, has nothing to do with it in this situation because it's a problem that often started. We spoke about the templates and we will do a whole program just about addiction and porn addiction. And then I will do a whole other program just about partners. But so often this thing actually is a template that it developed in in that addict's mind since he's been very, very young. So um, and that's a very important thing that we as partners need to know that what we look like and what we behave like is not what perpetuates the problem. The problem had become long ahead of time, and actually it doesn't have anything to do with us. Uh, I, I recall one of the ladies that uh, we spoke to um, mentioned that uh, her husband was just uh, focusing on Scripture and saying that uh, she needs to forgive him, and uh, that... That is all that needs to be done. He's going to stop. She just needs to forgive him. So that in itself is not helpful. And I think very often on the on the flip side is that the partner who is not an addict sometimes puts all the blame onto the addict, but they have also have got some role in this addiction. And perhaps that is something we can look for into in our next program. Definitely. So, yeah, we've covered quite a few of those questions, but of course there are many more to cover. But we've come to the end of this program, and we just want to continue invite you and thank you for the questions that you have given us. And with that, we've come to the end of this program today. It's been lovely visiting with you, and we're so glad that we could answer at least some of your questions. Sometimes when you hear questions, you actually have new questions that were generated by what you just heard. So Keep rolling. Continue to send us your questions. It will be lovely to hear from you. And we can just give you the, the email address where you can send the questions Right. To. So please, listeners, send your emails to fredericksuki at capepulpit.co.za. And that is Frederick without the C. Mm, like Frederick. Frederick Suki, one word, at capepulpit, also one word, dot co dot za. Until next Thank time. Thank you. Until next time. Bye. Hierdie insetsel is aan jou gebring dier Radio Kaapse Kansel op 729 AM. Besoek ons gerus op www.kaapsekansel.co.za 